So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow to Freedom. I'm excited about the podcast today. We got Rock in here. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Doing good. Busy, busy, busy. It's been a an awesome, productive summer. Yeah. No Crazy. You've a lot been of moving on. Nuts busy. Yeah. Um, not that that's ever a bad thing. That's how how we like it. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of things came together. A lot of things like, came together. Uh, last year, we were, you know, it was a good year last year, but we th- there was a lot of like, uh, I don't know, it wasn't, things weren't clicking, I feel. Yes. Yep. We were just kind of, even with you too, like yeah. you were kind of just figuring things out with, yep. with Cedar Creek and with the benefit stuff. And same with me. And now this year, it's just kind of been, oh, now we're seeing the what, what we set up last year is starting to hit. And now it's just been execution. Yeah, mode. yeah. It's been... Okay, we got it. It's coming together. Let's go, Here's go, the plan. go. Let's go, go, go. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's all hands on deck. It's all everything. It's it's just you go all in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I agree. I think that 2020 has been a – it's been a great year, yeah. a very clarifying year. And it's uh, allowed us to put a lot of stuff together, you know, Cedar Creek and with you, with our other companies that yeah. are just exploding. Um, and we're both going to end the year off good. We got – development projects going on we have the new product launches that you're in the middle of right now mm-hmm. um which dude I, I gotta tell you i don't know about anybody else but i think we are going to be shocked by the numbers that amazon produces this fall with oh, covid that yeah. it's gonna blow everybody's mind away and i've been thinking how is amazon gonna handle all this volume because well, the holiday crowds people aren't gonna want to be in it they already started restricting well so prime days in a week or two October 13th, and they already started restricting inventory. So that what they did is they pushed through a thing where if your account's under, uh, one, you, I don't think they're accepting new accounts, and two, if you're under a certain inventory performance level, they restrict your inventory. So they'll say, like, where this this really affects seasonal sellers, and I don't know if they adjusted it, but basically, um, if your inventory turnovers under a X amount, they say, well, you can only send in X amount of units, but it, let's say you need 50 times that amount of units because you're a seasonal product or something. Well, you can't send inventory in anymore. So it kind of kills your business. Yeah. But that's Amazon's way of um, mitigating and maximizing their profit, right? Because they don't want to hold inventory that's yeah. that's not going to move at the level that they're projecting. So they've already, I think they've already mapped it out. They ha- they've built in a ton of infrastructure. They've changed a lot of things in the past six to 12 months because what happened is they basically had Black Friday early in March. Yeah. And then they've gone through, revamped all their systems. And um, I think that, yeah, I think people will be shocked. I think that Amazon, one, it'll kill retail. This will this just accelerates all of retail's death. Yeah. And- because retail is based, and a lot of people don't understand this. So when you're calculating, so when retail's looking at their numbers and when they're reporting their, their numbers and everything, Basically, everybody's waiting to the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see like a flood of foreclosures coming after, you know, the holidays, because that's when the retailers go, did we make it or not? Yep. Because that's where all their money comes in. And I think they were all praying that COVID's going to get a lot better or at least perceived yeah. to be a lot better. So people will go out because they're holding on. And COVID shut them down, but they're going, it's okay. Let's wait till fourth quarter. People will get back out. People will start buying. And I think they will be 
shocked at how that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think, okay, I think that, I think in certain areas, it, people don't care anymore. Absolutely. Um, and I think that stores will push it even harder to get people in the door. Yeah. But I think direct- Nationally? Nationally, oh. yeah. And, and direct-to-consumer brands though, like, so this is an opportunity for brands that are just their own website, you know, to yes. to run sales and just get tons You've of people. You've done so much of that lately. Oh, I dude, mean, we're- Dude, your site's just killing it. Yeah. And and we've we've built out a huge, like, we're adding a call, like, I'm building out, I haven't talked to you about this, an internal call center. Yeah internal customer service. We're just building this thing now because what I'm realizing is the death of retail is the rise of consumer brands. Yes. And because um, if you think about it, like Under Armour doesn't necessarily need Dick's Sporting Goods. They yep. can do it on their own website yep. if they really wanted to. And I'm sure they, they do do it on their website. Yeah. But people, like when was the last time you went to Under Armour to get yeah. an Under Armour piece of apparel? You don't. You don't. You go to Amazon or yeah. you go to, right? But I think that the rise of consumer brands is coming from the death of retail, just like the rise of Amazon. Amazon is just kind of leading the charge because they've built so much infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, this, this, this holiday season, I mean, I think will be, it'll be the wedge. Like this will set the wedge. Like it, the wedge has been going, but this will set it. This will. And yeah, this is going to be see. different than what we've seen. Cause I, I think it's been, it's obviously accelerated in the past and mm-hmm. uh, the past, obviously six years, but, um, I think this uh, this is going to be terrifying for retailers Retail. yep. when the numbers are – they're posting their numbers and when they're posting it to Wall Street, um, which I think a lot of people are now starting to expect. Yeah. But I think you know if you went back just months ago, it's going to be a shock. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that this is where it's – you know, we love these things because these things allow opportunity. And even when you look at – the chaos that's going in the world, you know, I've, I've got our team and we've been ramping up because I go, we have an opportunity here because if the – when the tax policy – like the thing about economics, government, and business, you're looking for how people react. Like it, it this is a people game. I want to know what are people going to do because that's where the opportunity are, right? Yeah. All capitalism is is giving people what they perceive or to want. Right. And try to convince them to use it. Yeah. That's it. So if you can forecast and say, hey, this is what I think people are going to do, that's where you can find the opportunity. So when we look at changes in systems, like we've been focusing a lot on Biden and his tax policies, because if he gets in, there's going to be a, a structural change. Right. And when he came in with his tax policies on real estate, capital gains tax, we said, oh, there could be an opportunity. So if he gets in, we think we're going to see a wave of of uh, deals come to the market in the fourth quarter that wouldn't have come because all the CPAs that we're talking to, all the large corporate, I you know, I have uh, uh, friends that have hundreds and hundreds of employees and their head counsels and their CPAs are telling them, if Biden gets in, you need to sell anything you want to sell in the next five years. Because, because if he passes through that exactly. 1031 change, and they're gonna go, he's trying to get, get rid, rid of it, it, right? Yeah, he's trying to up it by a lot. Well, so I heard capital gains tax would go up to like 70%. Yes, capital then, gains tax would go up. And then your 1031 exchange, there'd be limits on it yeah. and what you can do with it. And so whether disaster. it happens or not, yeah. Well, like, what? Yeah, that, hey, buddy, would, explain why. Yeah. Like that, it pisses me off. Why? Yeah, 1031 exchange fuels such a major portion of our total economy. economy yeah. yeah. People are like, well, that doesn't affect me. It does if you well, ever want to own and, a home or own a home. And, and if somebody's listening to this, they're going to say, well, wait a second. You're saying you, that's a way for rich people to stop paying taxes. And it's like, well, no, that's a way for a wealthy person to grow their portfolio, 
create more jobs, generate more revenue and hire more people like or, or even build or sell yeah. or do anything. And, and that's why you see stagnation in lots of economies and rundown areas because you can't turn over that inventory, right? I can't sell it or else I'm going to be taxed so much that it won't matter. So I'm just going to keep it. Yep. But because of the taxes or the lack of depreciation that I can claim, yep. I can't put more money into the thing. So I'm just going to let it deteriorate until well, it's paid off and I'm just going to become a slumlord. And to that point, like that's exactly the problem I'm having right now at the current tax level I'm at. It's like, because I was looking at with this deal, I don't know if you've talked about it. Have you talked about it? Anyways, we we have a big development. We, we need to talk about it. Oh, yeah. we, you talked about it on the other yeah, podcast. Yeah, we had a little, but I said we were going to have a bigger whole, podcast. We, we we're going to have a whole podcast dedicated to it because I'm like, we really need to go into it. Yeah. But anyways, we have a big development and I was going to sell a bunch of my real estate to do it with, with this project, right? To put more capital into this project. And I'm talking to my accountants and I'm talking to everybody and with all the tax burdens and everything going on, it's like, well, you're going to lose more money selling than you would be able to put into the deal. And so instantly, and that's with, um, I have homeowners exemptions, like there's tax mitigations that I already have and it's still not worth worth it. it. It still doesn't make sense. So we have to figure out a way to do a cash out refinance on the portfolio or something. And we're looking at other strategies to, to get the money out, right? So that I can keep going forward. Because it's not like people sell their real estate and then go buy Lamborghinis and blow oh, all their bills. Exactly. Like they reinvest. They reinvest. And that's all that – I don't know a smart person that's at that level that's not reinvesting. Yeah. And because the tax code forces you to almost. Right. And that's what it's meant to do. And so that's another problem. If you're going to pay the taxes anyways, then instead of reinvesting, I'm just going to keep it. Right. And because there's no incentive now to put that back and you to just work. Kill, yeah, you just and kill exactly, progress. You kill progress. And people are like, well, okay. Because all the tax code is is incentives. That's it. The tax code is very little to do with actually paying taxes. Less than 10% of the tax code has anything to do with paying taxes. Yeah. The tax code is built in a capitalist society to move capital to where the government can't do things. Right. So the government can't go build hotels. They can't go build you know, all this stuff, right? And so- they say, we need somebody to do it. We need to make sure it's done or yeah. our economy looks crappy and we live in a third world country. So we're not going to make you guys pay if you guys are participating in improving the land. You stop those incentives. You stop all the incentives to improve. Well, and it seems like Biden's tax policy is I'm going to I'm going to say these things to appease my constituents just to get elected. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, he's it, a politician. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like I. I always think like when I was reading this tax policy, I'm like, why? Like I was just trying why? to figure out like, yeah. what's the purpose? Why, why of, are you trying to do this? Do you know why? Yeah. I, I still don't I, understand. No, it's never been clearly, but he's not really campaigning. So it's not like we have an, a really good look at the policies that he's trying to put through. Right. We know some carryovers from the Obama administration, but yeah. other than that, we're really not exactly sure. We haven't, it's not like the debates help out. They're just screaming match that gives us yeah, all the headaches. It was a disaster. Morons. But when you look at those things, and these are big changes. Now, whether he can get them pulled off to, this is a totally different thing. Just, we have, have the House, we have the Senate. Senate yeah. he, he, there's checks and balances. But the fact that he'll try to, because if the Senate and the House swing like they did with Obama and they did with Trump, then they get the opportunity to pass everything they want. That's how Obamacare got oh, it. That's, that's how terrifying. Trump got it, all this other stuff done, right? Um, so when you look at that and say, if, if that happens, then he could get it done. If I'm going to, for most CPAs, financial planners, they're saying if you if you need to retire or if you need that money in the next five years, get it, get it now. Yeah, the market's hot, it's high, and we already know that there's a huge chance that you could be paying literally double in taxes. Mm-hmm. 
So the loss is so big, you need to take it now. So if that happens, I'm looking to capitalize on the opportunity because I don't like, your long term, yeah, to, I'm exactly. The same way. I, I don't care what happens in 20 years, and you know this is the great thing about presidents; they come and go. Right. Nobody really cares, right? I mean, I I even think about my life when I was young and actually was conscious of even what was going on in the government. That was a Clinton. Yeah. You know how many crazy presidents we've had since then, and yeah. how long that's gone. And guess what? Still doing the same things that I was doing under Bush. Right, yeah. and they'll come and go, and I don't care. But I need to be willing to take. I need to take advantages. I need to structure. I need to position to get ready for. So that. you think these short-term guys that are like, well, I, I need to get out because yeah. my tax burden is going to go up. They're going to be selling thirty years, and you can. A wait. lot of people don't have thirty years. What about buying at the premium that they're going to be selling at, though? Well, if it, and that's the thing, it's a supply and demand thing. If all of a sudden the market's flooded with oh, deals, capers. it may change. And yeah. if the tax burdens come in and say, hey listen, this is adjusting our outlook over the next three years. But more importantly, I'm hoping that it's the mom and pops that are running really bad deals that I'll go in and I'll pay a low cap rate because there's so much upside potential. They're older. It was an investment property that they had and they're like, okay, we need, we need to sell it now. Um, those are the opportunities we're really trying to build out to take advantage in the fourth quarter. And I'm hoping we can get a few hundred thousand square feet. You think um, it'll come that fast? You think like Biden gets elected? The fourth quarter is always a great quarter. Really? We, we buy a lot oh, yeah. of deals in the fourth quarter. Two years ago, we bought three in what, yep, two months? Exactly. Interesting. So, is, that, and, is that the reason? Yeah, it's the reason is because they're doing their taxes. So everybody's ah. doing their taxes. They're seeing how their assets perform during the year. They're, you know, and then it's like, okay, uh, their accountant comes to them and say, hey, you need to sell this this year. Is it better than next year? So, okay, let's put it up and let's sell it this year. Why would Fourth quarter is always better. It tends to die around summer. Like nobody wants to deal with it. Nobody wants to put it on. Well, that's uh, when times are good with storage, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and so you need the trailing 12. You need all that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So That makes so much sense. Yeah. But, you know, in the- Don't vote for Biden, people. <laughs> I can't vote. <laughs> I, I, I get, I get he's both, a Canadian. I get, I get taxed with that representation. <laughs> what, what is this? Right. He, he's throwing his own tea party in here. He's pouring out the I'm monster. I, I'm not a fan of Trump either, but hey, I know it's one like, takes more money than the other. He's, he wants representation. This is cash flow to freedom. People, we should start literally a hashtag like "Make Rock an American." And make Rock, make Rock an American. I'll again. start a GoFundMe to get me to pay for my citizenship. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, the, if this in the what the reason we're even talking about this morning because the subject today is something I've been studying for a while, and me and Rock have been talking about it. And this is so interesting with what's going on and how this all works. And this has to do with subconsciously what we're thinking and what we're doing that create actions and are become who we are. The problem is lots of people don't understand they're doing it. And uh, um, I've been putting some stuff together in my personal studies and I've been really digging into this and it's about chosen identities and uh, why this is important and why people need to realize it. And this, we see this so much today and, and, and it's important that we talk about it. So people aren't fooled by it or don't even know that it's happening to them. Um, there's two types of identities that I've basically categorized that you have. You have a chosen identity and then you have default identities, right? So um, let me give you some examples here to explain what this means. Chosen identities 
are things like I chose, I choose identities. Like I'm a skier. I'm a fly fisherman, right? I'm an investor. I'm a businessman, right? I can choose whatever I want. I could choose to be a surfer. I could choose to do any of those things, right? I'm choosing those because those have my interest for whatever reason. I happen to like the outdoors, so I choose identities that put me in the outdoors. This is something that I'm doing. I was raised in Idaho. I like the outdoors, so I'm choosing to be those things. Now, there are default identities, okay? Default identities are like me being dyslexic. As much as I would not like to have that identity, it's there. Right. And so um, we work within some chosen or default identities. Now, it's not that default identities can't necessarily be, be changed. Right. We have default identities. I am a religious person. That is both a default and a chosen identity. It was a default because I was born in a religious household. Right. But then when I got older, I decided to make the ch- choice do I want to stay in that default identity? Or do I want to leave and choose a new identity? And this is where this is really important. We have the choice, but most of us don't know we're actually ongoingly and we're actively engaged in choosing our identity. And what happens is society chooses our identities for us. Um, Or you just let those identities happen. You default into it. Default into it. And that is really, really bad. And... When you look at chosen identities, this has to do with free will. This has to do with capitalism. This has to do with freedom. You get to become who you want to be. And a lot of us say that we know that, but yet we don't actively participate in making ourselves who we want to be. And that's always strange to me, right? Like, if you live in a horrible place, you can move, Yeah. right? If you don't like your family situation, be a better dad and be a better husband when you get older. And two, we don't want to give up the things you have to give up to take on those identities. Mm. And this is the second most important part. Identities are a cultural and a story that we tell ourselves, right? So perfect example is fly fishing, right? Oh, do you want to go fly? Uh, do you want to go fishing? I'm like, oh yeah, sure. We can go fly fishing. Like, oh, well, I got some spinners or bait. I'm sorry. I'm not a bait fisherman. I'm a snobby fly fisherman, right? But like it's all of a sudden you become this. I have all these activities that I do. I tie my own flies. I literally studied like aquatic insect life cycles in college. And it's – but I dove all in. Nerd, totally. (laughs) Freaking nerd. (laughs) Freaking nerd. (laughs) And like, I, you know, you dive all into that identity so you can perform well. If I don't, I'm not good at what I do. And so I have to make a conscious decision, right? Then all of a sudden I start buying all the gear that fly fishermen buy. Mm-hmm. I start having the same look. I did this with skiing, right? Yeah. We're up skiing. We're comp- competing. All us freestyle skiers, we have our stupid little pants that we wear and our baggy pants. And then, you know, we were introduced to Red Bull on the mountain. And then all of us as skiers started drinking Red Bull when it first came out. And that became a thing, yeah. right? And it shapes your identity. It's the same thing with powerlifting. Like you, you can always spot a powerlifter in the gym. Because, you know, the powerlifter walks, they're a little bit stockier, not really like lean. And they'll walk in there with their powerlifting belt. You can always tell it's a thick belt. They got their shoes. They got their duffel bag, probably chalk. And uh, some people even bring their own barbell into the gym. Like they'll bring their own bar because they can only like to deadlift on their bar. And like, that's like, it's so personable because you can say, like, you know, the crossfitter, you know, the bodybuilder, yep. you know, the powerlifter. 
and ever you can't based on your chosen um, identity. like identity what what you want to look like you can probably have somebody in your head um, yep. you're like I'm gonna start to do what that guy does exactly you know and they'll wear the socks or they might wear you know certain yeah. things exactly um, it's a, and, it, it's not a bad thing too well, and this no. is important I'm I'm not saying this is a bad thing well because you said you you picked the Red Bull well you picked that brand because it fits your identity yes and like with most brands like with our, my brand yep. we fit an identity. And that's the whole thing is like, okay, well, that like we are serving that person. Yes, you know? exactly. And two, let me go back. And a lot of people immediately here that have a reaction like, oh, I don't want to be part of the crowd. I want to. That's not what this is about. And when I use chosen identities, I use it, the best example of this is why they're for good. Okay. So I use being a dad and a husband as an example, right? The moment I decided to choose that identity and the moment I decided, hey, this is the choice that I'm making, I also realized there were things that I was going to give up. And this is why choosing identities and going all in is important because if I choose to play in two identities, right, your identity and your outcome starts to become weird and flawed. So yep. if I want to be a bachelor, but also live a bachelor lifestyle, but be a good husband and a good dad, that is going to conflict a lot, right? I'm like, hey, I'm a great dad, but I go to the bar four times a week and I go clubbing, you know, and I'm not home with my family. I'm not taking care of my kids and I'm not, you know, paying attention to my wife. We all know the result of that. So going in a dad, I said, hey, you I'm, end up with another one. Exactly. And then another one. And then another <laughs> one. Because your identity is ruined. Um, so going all in on identities, and that's the same, yeah. like understanding the reasons why you're doing it. This is important. And then making the choice to go all in. And this also creates inner peace. It, it gets rid of conflict that you're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. And I don't know where I'm going. And that's because you're not choosing and you're not at peace with those decisions. Yeah, I remember being like 17, 18, maybe 16 even. And I remember picking that I, I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be have money. I wanted to be wealthy. And my dad, like my my family's not wealthy at all. Um, and But my dad gave me Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Think and Grow Rich. And he's like, you should read these books if you're interested in that. You know, he didn't have, con like that wasn't his identity, but he had context for like people that fit that. And uh, reading those books, you know, information, you take in that information, it starts to shape your identity. And over the next two, three years, I started to study more, read more. It kind of molded my mindset. And I think a lot of those books, Tony Robbins type stuff, you know, I went to UPW when I was 18 with my dad, um, which that shapes your, like Tony Robbins, all his stuff, state management of state, all that stuff shapes your identity. And I think that over those three years, it primed my mindset and kind of put me on the path of, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be an investor. And then I'm, you start to meet people that are like-minded. Yep. And I met you yep. and you probably hired me based on how you perceive my identity, right? Because you wouldn't have hired me three years before because I didn't know, nope. I didn't have the mindset. Yep. But when you met me, we we had that, we clicked because our identities kind of synced yes. in how we were thinking. Yes. And um, it's it propels. Like that's why uh, there's that quote where it's like, you become the five people you surround yourself with most. Well, you're becoming those people because your identities sink. Exactly. Right. You're, you're, and you're making a choice to be more like them. So that's yeah. why you level up. Right. Yep. And 
even I think if you remember when we first talked, like I'm always worried about leveling down. Yeah. Right. I always want to level up. I yeah. like people that are doing bigger, better things because I know that when I hang around those and I take on those ideas, that's who I become. Totally. Well, and I, I think a lot of people listening to this would, would you, you, it's so easy to just default to who you grew up with, to default to who you work with. And you just hang around those people because one, it's comfortable Two, you don't want to miss out. And three, it's just like, you don't really know any different. Like it would probably feel super weird to somebody to say, I'm not going to hang out with any of you. I'm going to go find a new group of people that sink, that sinks to who I want to become. And like, I was doing that. I was like actively like, and not, not like, Hey, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. But you know, if you texted me to hang out, it's like, nah, like I, I just won't respond or, um, which is probably not the best way to handle that, but like won't respond or say, Hey, I'm actually busy. Sorry. But then you start to reach out to those people that do sync to your identity or who you want to be. Cause this is totally in your control. Um, you choose who you want to become based on who you surround yourself with. Yes. And if you don't choose it, it'll choose you for it. Right. So, yeah. so you, you need to make the choice. Otherwise you will reap the results you sow by not choosing it. it and society is actively engaged in getting you to identify with their identity. Which that's is not a high level. Like that's, no. You think about yeah. like the average result of people yeah. and realize that half of them are less than the average. Yeah. Like that is not- yeah. Coca-Cola wants you to be drinking Coke and they want you to be the identity where you love sugar drinks. The medium income is 45 grand a year. Yep. That is the median, yep. right? So half the people- That's the default. Make less. And so that is the default level, right? You have the choice to like wake up every day and identify with something new. You know, the information's there. Pull yes. up YouTube, follow people on Instagram that that feed that. And I learned everything on YouTube and the internet. Yeah. The internet has all, go Google. As long as you're getting the right stuff. And, the, and this is, yeah. so you're changing your identity, right? But you have access to change it in the right way. As long as you're making the conscious decision. As long, so too many so people are all of a sudden your inner circle becomes the people that you follow on Instagram or Facebook or in there, your friends. And you're just getting bombarded with this identity that was defaulted out of high school or whatever. Yeah. And then you're stuck in it yeah. and you can't get out of it. That's, t that's scary. And exactly. And so about making this identity choice where you say, no, I want more. Yeah. I want something bigger. I want something better. And then calling out the identity that's not there. Yeah. And and that takes that takes so much time because a lot it doesn't happen overnight. No. Like you need to because also you need to deprogram your your like you going to work from nine to five, coming home, sitting on the couch till for, till seven thirty, and then maybe going out to the bar. Like that that identity, that the path of that does not yield the result you want. So you need to come home, maybe go work out and then come and work on your idea till you pass out. That you need to shift your whole lifestyle, which, you know, you might do that one day, but then you'll default back, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so you, you need to have, what is the, uh, MJ DeMarco calls it in un, the book Unscripted. He calls it the, uh, the F, FTE, the, the F this moment or the F this event yeah. where you have a pivotal moment that shifts your state and Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, all these guys talk about it, it shifts your state and you, um, you, it, it, you don't come back to that. You, you hard line stop that behavior. Like I had a buddy who um, was getting overweight and he was probably like 
he was probably 60 pounds overweight and you know, he binged, he binge ate and his, he ends up having his girlfriend break up with him. He looks at himself in the mirror. He's telling me this story. He looks at himself in the mirror and he's just like kind of disgusted with how he sees himself in the mirror. And after that day, like that, it was that moment, right? Like almost like a rock bottom type of moment. And I've had that moment. And yeah, I think most people have, has. um, looks at himself in the mirror next morning, wakes up at four, 4 AM start works out, works out twice a day, 4 AM every day doesn't miss it for like hundreds of days straight. And now he's ripped, shredded, doing shoots for bodybuilding.com. Like he's he's doing it, right? But it happened in that moment, I'm going to shift my identity from this kind of just default me to who I envision myself potentially being, right? Yes. That's kind of why people love to look at David Goggins or love to look yes. at Jocko Willink. They're like, it personifies that hard like potential that you could be, you know? Well, and, and the thing about identity shifts and chosen identity. So I'm going to get into how here in a little bit, but to understand, first of all, the power, it is a choice. And this is really important. And I believe choices are result driven. So I look at choices and what are the results of them? And that's why I do those things. Right. Um, so I try to make it more um, analytical approach to life than I do emotional approach because our emotions are being hijacked and manipulated all the time. Um, and so when you look at, like you talked about, this outcome will never yield, but changing it is very hard. And I use this example of when I moved to Brazil, um, we moved there to serve the people, right? I was there on a service mission and it, for my church. And when I moved to Brazil, we were told, you no longer speak English and you're not an American anymore. You're a Brazilian because if you don't identify with these people, you can't love them. Mm -hmm. You don't go to it and say, I'm an American. I'm going to, I'm here to help you. That's not what this is about, right? This is about you going and now you're moving into the favela. So we lived on, I lived on 60, 80 bucks a month. Um, and, uh, he, it, we, Lived in the ghetto, right down in the favelas. I mean, we, you know, washed out of a bucket and we had a little tube where our, you know, our, all our stuff went out into a gutter um, when we went to the bathroom. So we just lived in literally trash with the people. And it was, we are you. We're Brazilians now. We are here to help you and we identify with you. That is so powerful. And it was like, I, when, we, when I got there, you know, I lived there for uh, just over two years. And when I got there, I said, I'm going to live here, though, as if I'm never leaving again. Like, just, it's over. My life before, over, I'm not coming back to America. And that made me so in love with the people. You know, within months, all of a sudden, we're speaking completely fluently. I stopped dreaming in English. We didn't even, you know, I, I didn't have discussions. It didn't even exist. And, you know, you became that person. And then we could love the people. And my impact was higher and everything. But leaving that and going back to home going back to the United States. That was excruciating. I did not want to leave. I wanted to live there forever. I wanted to stay there because my identity had changed and I loved the people. I loved what I was doing and it meant so much to me. And if you don't, if you don't go all in, 
and take that identity shift, you're always sitting on the fence. Mm -hmm. You're always part in, part not. And people feel that. They understand that. They know that, right? Like I get told all the time, I've never heard anybody that's so excited about self-storage. Like it's like such a boring thing, yet you're so pumped about it. And I'm like, I'm a self-storage guy. It was funny though. uh, You you FaceTimed me, uh, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you were talking, you were just like hyped up. And uh, But to me, it's like, you're always like that. And I'm yeah. like that back yeah. to you. Yeah. And I feel like we we vibe that way. But um, I had you on live so my guys could hear you. Yeah. And we hung up and one of my buddies was, or one of my guys was like, who is that? And I was like, oh, it's AJ. And he's like, man, is he always that excited? And <laughs> but Because like, you're so passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. That most people don't understand i get yeah. it like i yeah. i love what i like it doesn't feel like work this yeah. this is not work yeah going this back. is when i go to the doing, office it's not work yeah i could work well, i could do I this hate all the weekends. time yeah, yeah i literally hate weekends it's because super the whole rest of the world stops working yeah. and i'm like come on yeah let's, let's go yeah, yeah, yeah we got so much to do and people people are listening to this that don't know you and they're thinking man is this guy making this like is this his is this um is he just acting this way on this podcast you know I, i've had a couple people mention this yeah and i'm like no you don't understand like when because what you're doing is your identity yeah like if you people get like i can't even i try to explain it like so that they can understand how it feels to to feel the way you're feeling or the way i feel and the best way is like when you're doing something with your friends and it's like the best night like everything's clicking everyone's having the best time um, like when you're when you're like 16 18 you know and everyone's having a good time and it's like one of those nights that's awesome like that's how you feel all the time. Yeah. And it's just the best mood. And I can't, I try to find a way of explaining it to people that, that might not realize that work can be that. awesome. Yes. Um, it should be. And yeah, it's like, uh, I listened to Jeff Bezos just going off on a tangent. He, he said, um, I was listening to an interview and he's like, there's three things that people can have in life. They can have a job, they can have a career, or they can have a calling. Yeah. And you know, Jeff is like, I have, I got lucky to have a calling. Yeah. And I think you have a calling and I think I have a calling and I think a lot of people might have a job or a career and to experience that excitement that to identify with your callings, I think that you need to, you need to find it, right? Yeah. It it can come to you or you need to seek it out. Yeah. But when you get that, you'll know, like you, it's, it's a feeling that you just like, you're hyped. Yeah. And always. And and two, I think it comes from feeling, because I think you, you talk about your example and you talk about mine and I used to put down, I used to write this because you know, when you were in school and college and everything, everybody would say, you know, what's your biggest fear? You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? All that kind of stuff. And I decided at 17 or 16, my biggest fear was to be normal. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that in a derogatory way in any means. It just not what I wanted to do. Right. So I started to search out things that were not normal. Yeah. So I like skydiving. I like base jumping. I like skiing because I thought this is not normal. Yeah. And this is cool. And I can be excited about what I'm doing because it's not normal. Right. And uh, as I kind of went down that road, it was, I made a decision that like, if I'm not going to do something, love it and do it a hundred percent, I'm not doing it at all. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's definitely good. It also does present challenges. My my wife's the first to say, if AJ doesn't want to do it, you don't want him around because he's just a stick in the mud. Yeah, like yeah. he just he's. I'm not I'm engaged. Yeah. It's like I just can't. You hate it. I hate it. Yeah. And but if he loves it, I mean, I can't turn off. Yeah. I'll, I'll go a week and sleep three hours a night. Yep. And so for me, 
I believe that's human nature. Yep. I don't believe we give into it though. And I don't believe that most people, the reason they don't feel that way is because they're not engaged. Do you remember when you fall in love, how obsessed you are with that person? All they can think of, you're at work and you're all Twitter pated and you just, they're just running through your mind, mm-hmm. right? And you are all in on that person. You, that That is it, Yeah. right? Yeah. And you're like, geez, this is, I don't ever want this to change. I don't want That's it. That's a good way of explaining it. it. Yeah. And and we all can relate to that and we all can know that. Yeah. That is how you need to be. It's like an obsession. It is. Yeah. And we are that way inherently. I mean, I see people that are that way with art, with all this weird stuff that yeah. maybe I have nothing to do right. with I'm not interested in. But the reason they're that way is because they've given into it. Right. They said- this is my identity and, you can and I sink. embrace it. Yes. That's kind of where it meets, right? Yes. That's like where that it, you shouldn't have friction into an identity. No. Right? Like you, have you ever tried to like, you tried to do something that's just not meant to fit you. Yeah. And it's oh, so yeah. grueling to and do it's it. Just, oh, you know, you self sabotage and you don't even know you're doing it. Right. Right. And whereas things that like, um, Oh, I don't know who was saying it, but it, I feel the exact way about it. It's like, you don't want to compete with me on what I'm doing because I'm not comp- like I could do this 24 seven. Yeah. I don't, you don't have to ask me. I can, I'll show up at three in the morning and I'll work till two, two in the morning. Yep. And I don't need, I will do it for free. Yeah. I've started Jimmy, like my, my brand. What? I went three years without making any money. Yeah. And I'm, I would have went 30. Yeah. Because I love doing it. Yep. You know, and I still don't need to make any money off it and I'll do it without making any money yep. off it. That's, and that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. And yeah. that's how, you know, we had uh, our meeting when I was putting a bunch of stuff together for um, Cedar Creek yeah. and we all got together and it was like, okay, I told him we're going to be the biggest and best. Yeah. We're doing this, mm-hmm. right? Um, more important than financial metrics. I, I don't care about that. I'm putting everything I can into this and we're going to do it to go all, all in. And, and this is now our identity. I literally went in, I changed you. LinkedIn. I changed all my profiles and everything. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going on PR campaigns. I'm going on speaking event. I'm like, you know, and it, it's just, it's so powerful. It's, it's, I'm like, this is our identity. And I did that by calling multiple identities together. So it, it fit and it was natural for yeah. me. And, you know, I, so I have a theme that Cedar Creek Wealth we follow and I actually have it on my wall and it's in, it's impact, freedom, and progress. And those are our three really, you know, foundational principles, which have nothing to do with making money. Right. But that is the purpose of us. That's the purpose of our company. It's to make an impact. It's to create freedom and it's to progress. And yeah. we're using this avenue to do that. And I'm so excited about that. And I think this is so cool because I can teach others and other people can tag along on what we're doing. But it was a natural, not forced thing. And this is where we get into how you get it and how you find the right thing. Because, like you said, I've tried other things that were forced. And I literally just self-sabotage. It just and doesn't work. You know what it's making me think of? And then you can jump into yeah. it. It's like, I think everybody's like, I think everyone's had to do this before or tried to do this. It's like, I'm going to make my core values, right? I'm going to, I'm going to create mine. And you sit down with a piece of paper and you're like writing out your core values and it doesn't hit, you know, like, like you might write down six things and you're like, okay, that's cool. But it doesn't really like, it doesn't sink to who you are. 
And like, I've been kind of creating some core values, not only for the company, but just for myself too. Um, and I noticed you have strong core values and these like impact freedom and progress. Those are like deep core values. I can yes. see it in you. I can see it in the company yeah. and I can, and it's not like you're making, it's not like you're just saying it to say it. Cause I think a lot of core values oh, in companies yeah. are just like it's said just, just to say, and like, you can go back. So I'm holding up my journal right now. You can go back years and I started out like what it is. What, it's always been what progress. And it's always been progress. And I can always see that, you know? Um, and I think that, yeah, you could like, I remember five years ago, you were saying the same thing. It's yep. not like you're making this up. Yeah. And I feel like when you start to do things, cause people might be wondering, well, how do I, how do I find out who my identity is? It's like, well, you have to try stuff. Yes. You have to figure out like what you because it's not do. just God given, it's a combination. You have to find it. You got to find it. And yeah. this is where it comes into, so how you do this. And this is really important because it's messy, right? I've tried a lot of things. I failed at a lot of things and I did things that were just excruciating for me. Um, my first real job, I was a claims administrator because my dad was in insurance and I thought, oh, I'm going to go into insurance too. So I was a claims administrator and a glorified secretary. I was fired after two months because they're like, you are the worst administ administrative secretary. <laughs> you know, claims organization skills. Oh my gosh. They're <laughs> like, you are horrible. But our clients really like you. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you do things more in sales? But this is where this default identity comes from. And then the chosen identity and marriaging default and chosen is where the magic happens. So when I look back at my life and who I am, right? Um, for me, I'm a sixth generation Idahoan. I love where I live. It's kind of weird, but I'm obsessed with Idaho. Um, I literally have the pictures on my wall or on our mountains. I just bring it inside. Um, um, my family you know, they were sheep herders and they were farmers and they were, you know, they have a long history of doing this. I'm very integrated into that culture, right? That is not something I ever wanted to lose. And I knew that I probably wouldn't be happy, right? Me going to California just wouldn't work out because that's just not who I am. Yeah. And so, but two, I couldn't live in a small farming town. So I, I lived in Boise, who it's been growing. So it meets those needs and everything. But I have those default values of that and, you know, kind of just personality traits, religion, things like that, um, that I said, okay, when you get older, you get to make those choices. I chose some of those. Now, there was other default values that I chose to get rid of, that I'm like, I don't like these things. But when I had to make the choice, making the choice of saying, I also have default identities that are personality traits that are embedded in me. Um, Obviously, everyone listening to this knows I like to talk. And that's how I learn. That's how I understand concepts. And that's how I express myself. That leads to be to sales, right? So I needed to go into that. I needed to go into something where I could be with people, that I could work. And so I chose those kind of identities. And as I moved around, um, because I am dyslexic and ADD, I knew freedom was very important to me. The nine to five wouldn't work with my identity. So as I'm cultivating this, as I'm going along and I'm trying out different career uh, options, I'm trying out different things saying, geez, this really doesn't work. And I'm depressed. I've gained a lot of weight. This isn't working for me. I have to choose something else and it should be a, like stepping stones. Yeah. Right. But then when those default core principles and identities 
match up with those chosen ones, that's when it happens and like magic happens. And that's when you should go all in. Yeah. And you should not sit on the fence. If your chosen identity doesn't align with your core identity, you just need to stop. And you need to figure out how to stop that as soon as possible and align those two things. It's it's probably the most important thing we do in our life. You don't want to live somebody else's life because you think that you're supposed to or somebody said it right. or that's how you were grown up or that's what you see on social. The, the amount of people that are affected by social media today and are just mimicking what they think is cool or that they should do and then is depressed is astronomical. We have the highest depression rates that we've ever had in the United States. Yeah. And look what these things are doing to us. And what it's doing is it's pushing identities and lifestyle models upon you. Upon you. And we are just being consumed by it and adapting it, right? And there's this friction internally that creates depression and they don't know why it's happening. And it, that's that's that to me is horrifying. Like that literally is my version of hell. Yeah, and I think it, it it's a lot di- dictated by how um, – I mean, it's totally in your control, right? Yeah. Everybody can listen to what you just said and say, well, I want that too, right? Yeah. And, and instantly assume, well, I want freedom and I want progress and I want impact, you know? And, yeah. And, and I, actually, the freedom sounds great. I, I don't want – I don't like my job. Yeah. And it's like, well, it doesn't happen overnight. Oh, right. No. You don't get to choose. I want freedom and say, well, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, somebody should hand this to me. You know, and there's a lot that I think that ideology is being pushed. Yeah. Like I, sh- the same outcome you have, I should get. Yeah. And right? that's not how it works. No, you need to architect a plan, right? You need to figure out what, like what that is for you, what AJ just described for you. Like where are you? Like, cause you might come from New York city and you might yep. love to act. Yes. And you might love to be on Broadway. Yes. And right now coronavirus is killing your whole identity because yeah. that not, all that has disappeared, right? That's the reason Joe Rogan moved from LA to, to Texas. He's like, yeah. well, I need to be an act. I need to uh, do stand up. Yeah. Um, and he needed to change his identity. He's and, like, my identity doesn't fit here. Right. And, and, and he didn't, you notice he didn't say, well, this isn't fair. And he didn't start bashing LA on his podcast. He left. He left. And he's going to go because he's controlling his outcomes. Yes. And if like, I just think about, um, I used to work in a call center making like 12 bucks an hour and I was trying to become an investor and an entrepreneur and I would just study it, you know, and I'm trying to put my, put my energy into the, into the world to figure out, well, I I know I can do it. Other people are doing it. So let's look at their patterns. So I'm just going to go hang around them. Right. And I'm going to go try and figure out the language. I remember sitting in these meetings and like, there's like six old guys around me and me right? Everyone's like 40, 50, 60. And I'm sitting there and I have no idea what these people are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just there. It's like a foreign language. Yeah. Cap rates, yep. env- uh, economic. I didn't know sh- anything. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just sitting there and I just keep showing up, you know, and just keep showing up. And eventually I'm starting to understand like, oh, I get what you're talking about now. I can get the flow of the meeting. Um, I end- I'm starting to understand that networking is not a transaction, but a relationship, you know, cause I used to always just want, what can I get? What can I get? You know? And, yeah. Cause you don't understand. You don't know. And you're just trying to figure it out. And, and that's hard because it's embarrassing. It's totally it's you, uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. Like, like no I, one wants to show up to a meeting with all these old guys and just be like, no contribution. When I started selling, I went into a company and they were a small company to sell insurance. 
And they're like, okay, do you sell, sell both Blue Cross and Blue Shield? And I was like, yeah. That was the first time in my life that I had ever heard that they were two separate companies. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was well, talking about. And see, most people will let stop And I got stop fired, them. and I didn't get hired all the time. every single flipping day. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is you need to accept that you're going to be wrong and go through that because that's how you actually get it, right? Exactly. Because somewhere along the way, I met you. And somewhere along the way, I started to get traction with my companies. And, you know, it doesn't, that's what, seven years, you know, yeah. and, and it doesn't happen. And I'm not even, you know, I'm nothing to, to talk about, you know, it's, it's just starting for me. Um, but that's how you do it. You know, yes. you, you can't just, I, I feel like there's such an, um, a mindset of, oh, it's not fair that you have that and I should have it too, you know, and there's resentment, like people just resent you for it. And I, I see it, you know, in people, I can see their reaction and it's just like, what a way to rob yourself. Yeah. What a way like you just lost before you could, you, you're not even in the game and you lost, Yeah, you know, just by thinking that way. But you, you say my identity should be able to have what you have, but I don't want to change. No. Yeah. And that and, is this internal friction. Well, this and, is, that's the completely, you know, that's it. And, and the thing is, is you're robbing yourself of the actual value because what you want is the material or the visual thing. Yes. But what you actually should want is who you become from it. Yes. You know exactly. what I mean? And and that's like I think that it's your identity that you create and are happy. That's with the it. value. That's the value. And I think I mean that's that like that's the purpose of this like that's the podcast right there. That's it is. You, you need to strive not for the result, but for creating the identity that is that that potential. And and like we talked about before if your identity, no matter what it is, if it's so aligned with you that you're excited, that you're happy, and that you're doing good and having good results in your life, then that's the goal. And look at, you know, and how you can, another way you can go about this too is once again, look at the results of other people in their lives. Yeah. That was very key for me early on because people talk a lot. And I think I got swayed by what people were saying or doing stuff. So then I started focusing only on the results. Do you have a happy marriage? Do you have a good life? Do you like what you do? What do like, are you a trustworthy person? Are, you know, like what's your character like? And those became principle. I don't care what you say. I yeah. care what you do and I care what the result are. So then I can understand those kind of identities if that result is in line with my default and my chosen identities that I want. And then when I did, I was all in on those principles. I was all in on those things, right? I, it, like Bansky, I got the pants, I got the Red Bull, I got all that. And if it's aligned and if it's, the, and if those chosen identities are in line with everything that I want, that makes me happy and it makes me feel good. But it takes sacrifice to get there. Oh, so like much. Like people need to realize like it's, if, if you could have it that easy, you'd have it. You'd have it. You know? No, creating a new identity from nothing is, first of all, it's like I I, I use the idea suffer. of coming back from Brazil. Like yeah. it was so hard for me. I was socially handicapped when I got home. Yeah, it's depersonalization. It was deep, fundamental. I was borderline having panic attacks because I was like, and then all I thought about every day was how to go back to Brazil. Mm-hmm. And I was not happy. My parents wanted me to come back to finish college. I was not, I'm, no, I can just stay here, right? And um, that was torture. 
And you need to understand that changing identities is not going to be easy because, two, the people that hold your identity, all of a sudden you hear things like, oh, you're too good for us. You're going to turn them off. Yeah. They're, you're going to freak them out. You're going to freak them out. Because you're trying to make a change. And you know you know what's a positive change and what's a negative change. Yeah. Um, you're going to freak them out because they're setting their identity and you fit into their box. You know, I get that so much, yes. you know, people, I can, I can feel it off of them. You know, yep. you can, you can feel it. And you it's, can. that's that, that's energy. You and know, they want to put you in that box. You need to stay in the box. Yeah. And, and the reason I said at the beginning is you need to find the new people is because they're not going to put you in the box. They want, you need to get yeah. out of it because you need to be around them. And so there's, there'll be a transition, you know, to, to create a, a good identity. Yeah. Lots of things change, you know? Lots of things change. But no, this, um, I hope you guys, that was helpful and understanding it, you know, more of a mindset type of thing, but it's really important. And yeah. what you should do is you should analyze your chosen identities in life, why you choose them. So why am I, like, why do I do this? Why am I doing what I do? Did I choose this? Is this default? And if it is a default, do I actually want this? And does this align with me and my results? And what changes do I need to make? And then you need to start immediately. Um, and it can be small, right? And it doesn't mean that you know things. It doesn't mean, once again, you know, like trying to be a salesperson or rock trying to go to investor means you don't know anything. You're, you say stupid crap. You look like an idiot. Trying it's, to fit it's in. Trying yeah. to fit in to an identity that, it's not yours. So of course it's going to be weird. Of course it's going to be hard. But over time. But over time, it gets better. It gets better and you accept and you do all the things that they're doing. And two, people of those identities love it, obviously, when people join their identity. So it's like people want to help other people. And especially if they think their results are good. And misery loves company. So they really want you to join them too, right? Mm -hmm. So make sure you look at those things, diagnose your situation, and make changes. Cool. But right on, everybody. Hope this was helpful and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at Cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.